0: transitions are exhausting so many things change you end up feeling lost you can find yourself questioning your relevance and even your worth whether you're gaining a new surname or going to a new situation there are two things i want you to know first your roles in life will change but your purpose is eternal second God has a plan for your life, and the enemy has a plot against that plan. I'm Sherry Fletcher, and this is your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast for those in a season of transition, and I'm so glad you're here. Stick around, and let's work on a Spiritual Game Plan together. Hi, I'm Sherry Fletcher, the host of Your Spiritual Game Plan, and I'm here to kick off Season 4. And I'm going to be going solo today, so I'm going to share a little bit about myself and why I am so passionate about helping you develop your own Spiritual Game Plan. I love to share the message of just how intentionally you were made to be a part of God's plan. But I also want to help you understand that the enemy is just as intentional with a plot against that plan. That's why I love to write and speak and also bring on guests to this show to help you develop your own spiritual game plan so that you can live out the calling that you were created for. My husband and I are empty nesters, and we recently moved to Tennessee. We have three grown children, and I have a dog named Libby. And I just love being active and outdoors. I love walking and hiking with friends, but I love hosting people. Uh, An empty house is just not fun for me. So I'm known for inviting you over for coffee anytime, no matter what state my kitchen is in. Hello, friends. This is season four, and I am so glad to be back. I know it's February. But I'd like to say Happy New Year as this is my first podcast in 2022. I'm curious, do you make resolutions or do you choose a word of the year? I used to make resolutions, but I found that when setting New Year's resolutions, I became really focused on how good I was at setting goals and then trying to obtain them. They always looked great on my day planner and they cost me a pretty penny. And then, to be honest... Few months in, I usually failed at them. So, a couple years ago, I started a word of the year and also a Bible verse of the year. So, this year I chose the word restore, and I chose the Bible verse Isaiah 40:31. And that Bible verse reads, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. And since renew also can uh, mean restore, the Sherry revised version for 2022 can say, but those who trust in the Lord will also restore their strength. So how do I choose a word for the year? about, well, I start to pray about it in October, and then I look for a continued theme or word that God will repeatedly show me in scriptures, in music, in devotions, even on billboards when I'm driving. And sometimes the word or the theme will come up in conversations. So the word will start occurring several times if I'm praying for God to keep it at the forefront of my day. So the word restorer was doing just that. And then I attended a woman's event in November and the the women's ministry team had placed these magnolia leaves with handwritten Bible verses at our seats. And the women's ministry leader told us that each leaf had been specifically prayed over as well as who would be receiving it. And as you could guess, My leaf had Isaiah 40, 31 on it. So that was my confirmation and restore. uh, The word restore was then chosen as my word of the year. And so what do I do with my word of the year? Well, I guess a word of the year then could be kind of like a resolution and it then becomes the center of my choices. So it becomes the focus of my Bible study and it also can become a part of my decision making. I will then use my word and my Bible verse throughout the day by asking questions like, will this invitation restore me? So let's say I get invited to a gathering of some kind. Now, even if the gathering is good, um, its timing might not be right. Okay, so it might drain the energy I need for something else. Or the invitation might actually be something that I don't enjoy. It it could even put me in a bad mood afterwards. So that's one way I look at situations that come up. If I'm invited or asked to join something, is this going to restore me? Okay, Um, let's get real. Will this power play bring restoration to my marriage? Yes, you heard me right. The enemy loves nothing more than to be a third party in our marriages. I have to admit that there are plenty of mornings that like to sit in the saddle of my high horse when I'm negotiating stuff with my husband. I can ask questions like, hmm, does this little bit of gossip restore this friendship? Okay, we've all been hurt by a friend or even someone that we might not consider a friend and the temptation to either join in or even not stop gossip when it involves them. That's, that's real. And it's a human, that's human nature to want vindication and justice. I mean, God reminds us several times in the Bible that this is not our place, that we are not to be in the seat to judge and hand out justice And we aren't that great at giving grace. And so we really need to check our hearts if we're in a place where we start feeling vindicated if there's gossip going on and ask, is this really something that's going to restore a relationship, a friendship um, that's happening in this situation? Uh, if and i'm just giving excuses for my or sorry i'm just giving examples not excuses i am giving examples of how i use my word restore in situations um how about this will watching this series restore my heart yes there are some great engaging shows on the tv and the netflix and the amazon prime there are some engaging series right now but will they keep me from forgetting what time it is and then wasting a lot of energy and time that I could be putting towards improving my outlook, especially right now with so many things that are going on, uh, my outlook can get pretty down. So will watching this, listening to this, reading this, will it restore my heart? And then With my Bible verse, am I trusting the Lord to restore my strength and provide, or am I trying to take control again? This is the area where I am needing to actually memorize my memory verse or my verse of the year. Well, I I will need prayer and accountability on this, please. You might have heard me saying that I'm really good at, at surrendering, but I do it. With stipulations. When I surrender my cares and concerns to God and He's not meeting my deadlines, I take my cares and concerns back and then try to fix them myself. I need my strength restored so that I am better at trusting and returning to Him for my strength and provision. These are just five examples of how my word of the year guides questions that I ask myself. I mean, can you see how powerful a simple word of the year can be used in everyday situations like these? My goal is to be ever more intentional about how I renew and restore my time, my energy, my devotion to God, my family, my ministry, and to those who God puts in front of me. Each day. In order for me to have renewed strength, I need to trust the Lord and I need to sit at his feet. Now, now that sounds easy, right? But listen, I am a firstborn type A enneagram's oven. Like you get the picture, I get distracted really easy. My task-oriented brain starts to take over, and soon I just tell God to move over. Like this only ends up with an empty sherry. And not a restored Sherry. So, this year, this year coming up in 2022 is a very, very big year for me. Now, it's an exciting year for me. Now, first, there's always the unknown. So, I have to trust in the Lord. There's a lot of unknown. Everything is unknown, really, right? And we can make plans, but most of things are unknown. So, I have to trust in the Lord. I'm currently reading my friend Jen Hand's up and coming book. My yes is on the table and it's so timely to read her words, challenging me to let my faith steps replace my fear stops because I can let fear just stop me in my tracks when I don't, when the unknown is there, I can just freeze, but then there's what I have planned. And that is, I've got a graduation and a wedding for my youngest son, and I have some friends visiting, and I'm also writing a Bible study, and that's where I need to let my faith steps replace my fear stops, and I will need strength, and I will need to trust in the Lord and rely on Him to restore that strength, and I will need promises of restoration that I can claim. And since I've chosen the word restore, I've been writing down verses that promise renewal and restoration. I read that scholars believe that God makes anywhere between 3,000 and 7,000 promises in the Bible. So I consider it a spiritual game plan by writing down the promises that I find around the word that I chose and keeping them out where I can see them and where I can claim them. I can even sing them throughout the day when I start to feel the enemy attacking my energy, when he's trying to discourage me by telling me to just give up on my ideas, that I'm just too tired to serve and I just need to stay home, that no one needs me and things are just going to get worse anyway. The enemy likes to play a game of what if and not in a good possibility dreaming kind of way. No, no, he likes to play what if worst case scenario kind of way. I don't know. Does the enemy play that with you? He loves to play that one and he usually wins. But when I have my game plan verses written out where I can see them, a verse or two handy right there or better yet memorized, I can come right back at him. Here are a few of my go-to verses. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not worry about anything but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I especially like claiming that it is a peace that surpasses all understanding, that it is that peace that guards my heart and my mind. The enemy is after my heart and my mind. When I read that verse, I see the visual of a time when we had a lot of people at our house. And my two-year-old son was really anxious because there was a lot of sounds going on, a lot of long legs, strangers. You get the picture. He came up to me and he put his arms up and he said, "Mama." I hold you. So I picked him up and his fears were gone because he was holding me. He was smiling, his body relaxed. Yet, the environment had not changed at all. Amidst the same chaos, he had peace beyond understanding because he asked me to hold him and because he was holding on to me. God wants you through prayer and petition and with thanksgiving to present your struggles when the enemy comes after you and then let God hold you. I also like Psalms 25 verses 4 and 5. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truths and teach me for you are God, my savior. And my hope is in you all day long. All day long, not just in that moment when you feel that wave of defeat, when you hear that voice telling you to just give up, no one cares anyway. But all day long, even if you're rejoicing because something good has happened or you feel successful in the moment, maybe you're scared, maybe you're anxious, all day long, guide me in your truth, show me your path, and God, I hold you. When the enemy says, who do you think you are? No one's going to listen to you. You know, I'm taken right back to that playground. We've all been there. But I'm really good at playground banter. And I love to put that bully Satan right back in his place. You know, the Bible has some really great comebacks. So I'm reminded that in Isaiah 43, Jesus says, hey, don't fear. I have called you. I will be with you. You are precious to me. And I love you. And I I say that out loud, and then I say, So there, Satan, God loves me. I am precious. He has called me. Friends, you need to listen to that voice, the voice of truth, the voice of God who restores and who renews our strengths. Sometimes even singing it helps. There's even a song called The Voice of Truth. And we all know that the enemy hates. So find that song and sing it loud. Even if you say you can't sing, no one else is listening but God and to him, it's beautiful. Sing out loud. With a spiritual game plan, we can be ready when the enemy comes. When we remind ourselves that the enemy wants to reduce our value, And God wants to restore it. Today, take out a card and write John 10.10 on it. So that you remind yourself that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But God comes that you can have life and have it to the full. When the enemy comes to play that what-if worst-case-scenario game or the game of reduce you to nothing, you can pull out your game-winning card and you can claim your promise. I hope that whether you choose a word of the year or a resolution, that we can come up with a strategy together, a game plan. But as long as God is the solution, my friends, It'll work. During today's podcast, did a friend or family member come to mind who you thought would enjoy the message? Then please share it with them. You can simply share the link or forward my email with them with a message like, Hey, I thought of you while I was listening to this podcast. I thought you would enjoy listening to it. And here's why. Listeners like you sharing links with others is how this podcast can reach more people. Thank you so much for tuning in to Your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast that helps you understand that God has a plan and you have a purpose in it.